Help us to understand, O oh God. It is not the world that defines us. It is you who have created us and made us to be. Fill me now with your Holy Spirit that I would do your will and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Alright, so today's lesson comes from the 13th chapter of Luke uh, beginning with the 10th verse. Jesus was teaching in one of the meeting places on the Sabbath. There was a woman present so twisted and bent with arthritis that she couldn't even look up. She had been afflicted with this for 18 years. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over. Woman, you're free. And he laid hands on her, and suddenly she was standing straight and tall, giving glory to God. The meeting place president was furious because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the congregation, six days have been defined as work days. Come on one of those six if you want to be healed, but not on the Sabbath, not on the Sabbath. And Jesus responded immediately, you're a fraud, you hypocrite. Each Sabbath, every one of you regularly unties your cow or donkey from its stall and leads it out for water and thinks nothing of it. So why isn't it all right for me to untie this daughter of Abraham and lead her from the stall where Satan has tied her for these 18 years? And when he put it that way, his critics were left looking pretty silly and actually red-faced. And the congregation was delighted, and they encouraged him. Amen. Okay, so to me, you know, if, if, if you follow Jesus, and Jesus is your hero, especially when he takes on the establishment, this is a great story. <laughs> uh, you can also see why they wanted to kill him. I mean, you get that, right? Because this is, this is stuff that you just don't do. You don't take on the religious establishment. You don't embarrass them in front of their folk. And furthermore, you don't break any number of laws that you've been following for thousands of years. Okay? So, I'm going to ask you a question here real quick. What was the first thing that Jesus did that pissed off that congregational president? He I want to see how in tune you are to how incredible this story actually is. He held on the Sabbath. Huh? He held on the Sabbath. Oh, that's, the, that, that, that's kind of the aftermath of it. Jesus did something way before that that had that happened today, they'd have thrown him out. As we're all really said, quiet while we're being videotaped. He said, um, um, my father and I are one. Nope. Calling him a hypocrite? Nope. nope. Long before that. Turning water into wine? <laughs> he was teaching in one of the meeting places on the Sabbath. There was a woman present so twisted 
and bent over with arthritis that she couldn't even look up. She had been afflicted with this for 18 years. And when Jesus saw her, he called her over. What do we know about the temple? Amen. Women do not get into the center of the temple. And here he is in the middle of whatever lesson that he's teaching, and he sees that this woman is racked in pain and calls her over. Come on. Come on over here. So you know that right away, <laughs> the congregational president has removed his glasses and is looking and going, what are you doing? It all starts there. And the reason that I wanted you all to hear this story is because right up until that moment, everybody was just living the way they live because. 18 years, folks, and nobody had lifted a finger to help her. 18 years, they never invited her in. And for 18 years, she thought that she wasn't worthy. Where have we heard that before? Those of you who are gay or lesbian or trans? How many years did you hear that you were not worthy? And don't bother coming into the center of the circle because we have a set definition of who's in and who's out. And Jesus, in that moment, looked and saw that woman and saw several things. One, she can't be a productive member of society. She can't be everything that God intended for her to be. And on top of that, everybody wasn't doing anything to let her in. In fact, they were justified in keeping her out. And what's really sad is she believed it. See, I don't know, and I never get into these debates over the miracles of Jesus and over the healing because I know the world that we live in. And so sometimes in the world that we live in, we read about a healing story like this and we go, whoa, that's got to be a myth. That's got to be, I don't know. I have studied enough to know that the authors put these stories in for a reason. And just like I was teasing Brandon before the service, I am one of those theologians that are willing to look below the surface and pull a Wizard of Oz and say what this is representative of. Luke put the story here for a reason. In the temple, for a reason. There was a statement being made. And the first statement that was being made was 18 years. 18 years she let her church tell her that she was not worthy. Now, I dug this story out. I don't know who wrote it, but you've heard it before if you've been in church any length of time and listened to pastors, but it fits here. It's a it's about a, and it's where I got the title of the sermon from. It's about an eagle and a chicken. 
There's a story of a man who once found a young eagle in the woods that was injured. And feeling sorry for the eagle, he took the eagle home and put it with his chickens. And as the eagle recovered, it fit well with the chickens. It enjoyed the chicken coop and it got fat on regular chicken food. Years later, when a nat naturist passed the chicken coop and said, oh my God, that's an eagle. In with the chickens. What is an eagle doing in with the chickens? And the owner looked at him and said, oh, I trained him to be a chicken. <laughs> and the naturist said, but it's an eagle. You can't keep an eagle in a chicken coop with chickens. It's still an eagle at heart. You need to let it go and let it be an eagle. And the owner eventually and reluctantly agreed. And so he took the eagle and let it go by throwing it up in the air. However, the eagle was put out with this and returned to the chickens to eat corn. The owner tried again from the height of his roof but the eagle, seeing the chickens below, <coughs> simply glided back to the chicken coop. Finally, <coughs> the next day, he took the eagle outside the city, away from the houses and into the country, and where he said to it, you are an eagle. You belong in the sky. Stretch out your wings and fly. And the eagle looked around. It could not see any other chickens. And he began to tremble as new life came into it. And he stretched out his wings and he soared into the sky, never to be seen again. You see, although he had been kept and tamed as a chicken, it was really an eagle and it flew like an eagle because that is who God created it to be. That's what this story is about. It's about us being who we were created to be. And Jesus took one look at that woman and knew that she was trapped. And I think that his words are incredible. You know? You're free. And the moment she heard that she was free, she stood up. <coughs> oh my God. How incredible is that for us? How many of us have heard God say to us, you are free? You know, we've heard it in the race issues. We hear it, hopefully, in our neighbors and the way we live around them. We hear it in our sexual orientation. We hear God, Jesus, say to us as we're cramped down thinking that we don't belong and that we're not worthy, you are free. And isn't it just like the world we live in? When that happens to us, when we claim our freedom, when we begin to live like we're free, don't you know there's somebody that gets pissed off? <laughs> Says you can't do that. It's against the rules. I mean, did you get that? You can come here six days a week and get healing. How dare you come on the day of the Sabbath and get healed on that day? <laughs> Let that sink in. The homeless get our attention 
when it's 35 degrees or below. The economy gets people's attention when more and more people can't feed their families. Our health gets attention when people are dying from a lack of medical care. We need to hear Jesus say, you are free. And the way that we get that freedom is that we do something about it. Not just BS that, oh, hey, we only do this five days a week. We can only do this this way. See, that's the other thing that caught me. You know, hey, pastor, we can't do that. We've got a process. You know what General Spirit got rid of a long time ago? Process. We do whatever we do because we need to do it. Amen? Now, I'm going to wrap this up. Tell me, am I under 20 minutes? Good. Because I want to make sure that when you go home today, that you understand that there are six things that Jesus did with this story today, or that Luke had Jesus do in this story. Number one, he spoke to that woman. And in the civilized society then, Jewish men did not speak to women, especially, especially in church. <laughs> In speaking to the women, Jesus, has, to this woman, has made it abundantly clear who God wants in God's family. It's not just the men. You know, I, 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 I angered some people on uh, Facebook, which is, you know, easy to do, I guess. Um, but they were, they were talking about all this, all this rhetoric back and forth and the um, people getting all upset about um, nationalism and all that kind of stuff and a friend of mine said I just can't understand why they can't see it and I said it's because if it doesn't involve being white, male and Christian they're not going to see it that's what we've been taught that's what these folks were being taught so they couldn't even see that woman's pain you get it? Because she wasn't supposed to be there. And if she's not supposed to be there, then we don't have to deal with it, right? Number two. He called her into the center of the synagogue, which is just really calling on the power structure and our traditions and the way that we understand them. Who gets healed and who doesn't get healed? Who gets God's attention and who doesn't get God's attention? He touched her. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God he touched her sometimes the simplest thing that we can do for one another is to give somebody a hug that may be all that we can do he called her the daughter of Abraham and I get that we probably you know I had to look this up but in the day uh, to call her the daughter of Abraham was revolutionary because it was believed that women were saved through men. And to call her the daughter of Abraham was to make her a full-fledged member of Israel. You get that? In other words, women don't have to depend on the men. 
God is just as much caring for them as everybody else. We need to hear that. When you, especially when we think back and, and look down our nose at somebody that's having a tough time and make that kind of judgment. Yeah, I would never do that. And we all do it. Jesus healed her on the Sabbath. In doing so, he demonstrates God's compassion for people over ceremony. Yeah. I mean, that's why this church has gone from being a church of creeds and dogmas. Because it doesn't matter when it is. If it's in front of us, it's time for us to meet it. It's time for us to do something. I told somebody the other day that pastoring this church is an incredible experience because most of you get it. There are so many Sundays when I bring up stuff like this that in any other church in this city, it would be controversial. In fact, some things that I have said in this church would get me fired. Hallelujah. I, indeed, am perfectly capable of pissing off the presidents of congregations. But I got news for you, folks. That's what we're called to do. God has made us and put us in this world to what? To do justice. To be merciful. And to be humble with our God. And yes, living that life will absolutely comfort the afflicted and certainly disturb the comfortable. God bless you. Amen.